0: Amen, amen. All right. So, we're going to start off with getting into some scripture this morning. And, um, I just want to tell you before I, I get into this message, I, I was, i God has laid this message on my heart here for a couple months now. And I have fought with Him about it. Um, because I didn't want to give it be, just because I knew it was something He was dealing with me, with me on. And, um, and so I'm, I'm, I've lost my voice from worshiping too hard. I'm sorry, guys. I have lost it already. Uh, <coughs> and, and so I knew that it was going to be something that would hit home here as well. And so if you're feeling at any point like I'm coming at you, just know I was preaching it to me too. Um, so I want to g- start with that. All right, guys. So let's stand. I want to stand and read the word of God. We're going to start with our scripture. It's Luke 12, and 34. I want to do something a little different this morning. I want you guys to read along with me. Do you think you can handle that? If, <laughs> if, you, can't, if you can't see the screen, I'm sorry. Um, but if you do have your Bible on your phone, just follow along. It's Luke 12:33 through 34. Let me know when you got there. I'm going to give you like, oh, thank you. All right, ready? Let's go. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. With a treasure in heaven that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. Okay, here's the big thing. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. All right, I forgot about the different translations. So sorry, guys, I probably should have... Um. All right. Can we get? Let's give it up for the Word of God. All right. One more scripture before I let you guys sit down, and I'm just gonna read it. Read it out to you. Colossians three one and two. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, and not things that are on the earth. All right. Let's high five your neighbor, just so we make sure we're all still awake, and let's sit down. We're gonna get into the Word of God this morning. Alright, so I want to start this sermon off by asking, do we have any Lord of the Rings or Hobbit fans in the house? (laughs) Alright, alright. I'm showing my geek card this morning a little bit, so we're going to get into that. Alright, has anyone here read the book, The Hobbit? Okay, has anyone seen the movie? Okay, we got a few more, we got a few more, okay. Um, Well, I was writing this sermon, and I was reminded of one of my favorite characters, and it's not because I am similar in stature, Um, (laughs) Bilbo Baggins. Um, So in the beginning of the book, um, we get a very, very, um, very detailed description of his home Um, and immediately you're brought into his yard and you can see the gardens and you see the green door and the brass doorknob and you see the wooden floors and you're brought in and you're getting a picture of his home. And um, you see, you know, his maps and his books, and you see all of, you know, all the things, just him and his comfiness of his home. And um, if, you know, if you know the book, uh, or, if you've known or if you've seen the movie, he's in the middle of his home, and um, all of a sudden, Gandalf shows up, and there's a bunch of dwarfs that show up in his home and crash his party. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I'm at home, chilling, eating my barbecue or whatever, I don't know if I want somebody coming in and just crashing my party at my house. I don't know. How, how about you guys? Do you want a bunch of people? How about all a church family shows up and we just um from his home, and he ends up being just this regular guy, but he ends up um, fighting ogres and dragons, and he becomes their robber and uh, gets put in all kinds of perilous situations. Um, and so I think the reason why I like him so much is is because uh, I can relate to him. See, because throughout this whole adventure he has, um, he finds himself missing his things. And he talks about, like, they're in the middle of some perilous thing, and he's like, I just want to be back in my armchair. Like, I just want to be back home, just in the comfiness of my things. How many homebodies do we have here? Uh, yeah, that's me. I, like, if I can curl up with a pizza and a movie, like, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, and the reason I like that so much is because I think I relate to him. I just, I, I, like, have a box at home where I have, my, like, my watches and my knives and my little knickknacks and my books. Like, if I could just be there in the, in the comfort of that. But I believe God's called us for more. And I believe he'd never meant for the comfort of, of money or things to take the first place in our hearts. And Bilbo and Gandalf, just like, just, like, just like them, I found God whisking me out my door and out of my comfort zone. Not to compare God with Gandalf. I know a lot of people think that's what he looks like. I don't know. I think we're going to be surprised when we get to heaven. Um, to, and, um, and so I, he wants to be first. He wants to be the source. Jesus said in Matthew twenty two thirty seven. 37, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Now, this morning, I want to talk about finances. Ooh, Okay. And I want to talk about how God wants to be first in, in our finances and our comfort there um, and now listen we're not going to pass the tithe we don't pass the tithe plate in this church so don't feel like I'm going to muscle you for some money this morning there's a, there is a <laughs> there is a tithe box out back and maybe I just want to say maybe if God's talking to you about money already or if he has been and you're feeling a little offended by me bringing it up in church maybe you, you need to realize it's him that's talking to you and um, one of one of um my favorite preachers he says if the shoe fits kick it off it's not yours anyway so (laughs) all right Um, so I want to go into I was trying to think of a a modern way to talk about the rich young ruler so I'm going to call him the successful young professional can we call him that Um (laughs) and so um, I want to go into scripture Matthew 19 16 through 22 Behold, one came to him and said, good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And so he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but the one but one that is God. Now, I just want to stop right there because I want us to get a picture of who this young man is. I want to understand who he is because immediately Jesus asks him this question. Now, is Jesus saying that he's not God? Is that what he's saying? No, right? Jesus is recognizing that this man is sincere. And he's recognizing this man is figuring out who Jesus is. And it's so important before we do anything that we figure out who Jesus is, right? And so he says to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but the one that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments, And so this young man, I can see that he's in a good place, and he's like, well, which ones? Like, I know the law. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, I feel like I'm a pretty good person. And Jesus says, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I feel like at this point, the young man's feeling pretty good about himself. Like, I haven't killed anybody, I haven't murdered anybody recently, like, I'm a pretty good person, right? I think most of us can relate with that. Like, I don't think that I did any of those things uh, yesterday or today. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Keegan's on my list. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> and the young man said to him, all these things I've kept from my youth, and what still do I lack? Um, now, I just want to tell you, like, when I was reading this, like, what really stood out to me is how much Jesus loved this man. Um, because when God corrects us, it reveals, I think, how much he loves us. It reveals, it reveals another thing. It reveals that we're his children. And um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't go around correcting other people's children, although sometimes I want to. Like, I don't go grab the spoon and chase anybody's kid. But... <laughs> But God, he, he loves me, and so I, when he corrects me, we, and when we receive correction, especially here when we receive correction from the Holy Spirit, we need to recognize that it's God's love correcting us, right? And so I think a lot of times we don't want to grow when correction hits, it's like, oh, I think maybe I need to go to another church. But really, God just wants to speak to you. He wants to, he wants to see you grow. He doesn't want to see you plateau. He doesn't want, It's illegal to plateau in the kingdom of God. It's a race. We're running. We're running, stretching forward toward the goal. Um, and God just wants that for you. He wants his best for you. Um, and so Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and you will receive treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. But when the young man heard the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Can I, I'm just going to say that again. So Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Can we just let that sink for a minute? Can we let it sink for a minute? Because I feel like immediately the first response that we have is like, what he's asking is impossible. I don't know. Are, are any of you guys feeling like that? I feel like we're like if I were to sell my house like right now and sell all my stuff and give it to the poor, like is that what it means to follow Jesus? But that's not what Jesus is saying. I think a lot of times we see that the hyper extreme of that where it's it's evil to have possessions, it's evil to be doing okay. But if we were all if we had all sold everything that we had and stopped working. I don't know how we would help to continue to grow the kingdom of God. Amen. And so, but there's something here and so I just want to and I just also want to say I I want to say you you can be flat broke and still be you can still possessions can have your heart. I don't know. I've been there. That was me. I was like I was like 18 years old and I'm like God, I want a Nissan Skyline, like anything in any way possible. I want to, you know, and so it's possible to be in those places. Um, But I just want to rearrange the words a little bit. So we could read it like this. He was very sorrowful because great possessions had him. And can I tell you, we could switch that word out. Because if it's above Jesus, what did he say? We'll have no other gods before him. He was very sorrowful because that relationship had him. He was very sorrowful because alcohol had him. He was very sorrowful because sports had him. He was very sorrowful because his toys had him. We could go on and on, right? Because it's really an issue about the heart and not an issue about the thing, right? So just like... Bilbo and Gandalf, Jesus was about to invite this man on an adventure of a lifetime. Now I want to be more correct. It's the adventure. It's the adventure. It's the one he called us all to to take up our cross and to follow him. Can we just say it's it's the adventure? Say it's the adventure. It's the one and and so we wanna we want it really gets me excited because I think so many times we feel like God's way, his plan is coming to rain on our parade. I think sometimes we feel like God's plan is going to crush our dreams or bind us from doing what we really want to do. But he's meant it for our freedom. Some, so I, Keegan had sang it earlier, actually, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so sometimes these rules and these principles, they're the word of life. And I think we, we reject them because we don't want to implement what God has put in his word into our lives. And when we reject his word, not only are we rejecting what he's saying, but who is Jesus? He's the word. John 1, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And so when we take his word and we implement it into our lives, when we say we only want part of it, well, maybe we only want part of Jesus, So this man, he had loved and trusted his things more than God. And I believe that this sermon is so hard for, for one in the church today um, where we can do things on our own to try to provide and fulfill needs. Um, we can take a loan or we can take out a credit card. We can do these things without ever consulting God about our problems. We can try to make our own solutions without ever talking to God. And I believe that many times we take detours and we miss out on the miracles. We miss out on the miracles that God wants to do in our lives when we put our trust in him. Um, sometimes God has put things into our lives for a reason. And sometimes we reject it because we want to step outside of his plan. We want to step outside of what he's put into our lives. And I'm guilty of that. And, and listen, I know this is like some hard words. So I, I want to let you know I'm guilty. I'm, I'm preaching to me. God has called us to live within our means, but more than that, he's called us to be kingdom builders. So when we live beyond our means, when we live outside of what God has called us to, we're not able to bless others, we're not able to follow him, because we're overextended. And so, God has called us to be free, he's called us to walk with him, but when we're overextended and something else has our heart, you can see the result, you, can, you can't do the things, that God, the things that God's called you to do. Um, I feel like how many of you have ever seen somebody in need and just said, if I could, I would? Right? Has anyone, can we get hands? How many have said that? That's been me. I mean, if I could, I'd buy that single mom a car. If I could, I'd pay that elderly person's electric bill. If I could, I'd buy Pastor Ryan some LaFesta. Um, <laughs> you can anytime. <laughs> I believe... That as our Heavenly Father is a good giver of gifts, and he's created us in in his image, he puts that desire in us. He puts that desire to give. He puts that desire to bless others. Uh, My mind is going to the parable of the talents. Does anyone know that parable? Okay, if you don't, you got to get into your Bible. I'm telling you, it's in the gospel. Um, But to one he gave five, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. Does anyone remember what the servant with the one talent did? He buried it in the ground, right? We all remember, if if you've read the parable, you probably remember the master's reply, you wicked and lazy servant. When we live outside of our means, I believe, or in debt in that way, I believe that we bury talents God has given us. To build his kingdom, God's given us unique abilities and careers And if we don't see past the immediate, if we don't see past wants, we'll miss the kingdom. We'll miss the unique role he's called us to play in our finances. And you see, God doesn't just want to be your God at church. He doesn't want to just be your God when you're listening to Air One. He wants to be God of your life. He wants to be Lord. But do you want him as Lord? If we make him Lord, his way is best and his way is best in everything that we do. So I want to go over some principles that allow the Lord to be, to God to be Lord in our finances. And I just want to preface this. um, A couple years back, I just want to give this testimony. A couple years back, um, Abigail and I we um, were just starting out, and uh, Cora was ready to be born. And the church here gave um, a class called Financial Peace University. Um, Big thank you to Kathy Dutton for leading that, Um, and it changed my life. It literally changed my life. We didn't know, and I really believe it was a godsend because God sent it right at the right time. We had started taking the class. Cora was about to be born, and then all of a sudden I got laid off a week before Cora was born, and we were cut down to $12 an hour, and ordinarily that would be a really scary situation, but we trusted God, and we started doing these principles, and God, we watched God work miracles. And so I'm not just talking as somebody coming down at you I'm talking as somebody with an experience and, see, and I've seen God work in my life in this area and I've seen him provide and I've seen him do miracles and sometimes it doesn't seem like things are going to work out but if you trust God I'm telling you he's going to he's going to back you all the way um, so I'm going to bring up some principles that we need need in order to honor the Lord in our finances and the first thing we need to do is work Um, I don't know if anyone's been to a restaurant lately or tried to go out to a lot of places. There's a lot of people that aren't working, and it's so important that we work. It's so important that we honor the Lord in our work. Pastor Ryan, why do I need to work? Why do I need to do something 40 hours a week that I do not care about? Well, for one thing, the work does matter, and God's been reminding me in my own job. All right, I'm just going to tell you. My own job, I'm a claims processor for an insurance company, so it's not exciting, but God's reminded me that when I'm doing my job, every time I do something there, it should say that Jesus was there. And so I think a lot of times we do things as eye service when, we're, when we need to, but we're missing out on our opportunities to witness and say Jesus was there when it comes to, the, to our work. And so I want to encourage you, maybe you, you're in a nine to five where you're just like, man, this is dreadful. Like, I don't want to be at my job. Like, I don't want to do this job. But if you look at it as an opportunity to say Jesus was there, if you are a living testament, you are the, I've heard people say this and it's been said over and over, but you're the only Bible some people will read. And so when you do your job as unto the Lord, you are giving a witness of him and his goodness in your life. The Bible says in Colossians, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you'll receive an inheritance as your reward, for you are serving the Lord Christ. One of the fruits of the Spirit that should be in our lives is self-discipline. So what is our, what is our work saying? I mean, if, if, if people are watching, what does it say? What does your work say? Does it say that Jesus is working in your life? One of my favorite verses, because I get to say sluggard, is Proverbs 6, 6 through 12. Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief or officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Man, this is a lot of hard stuff. Maybe God's placed a dream in your heart, and maybe he's given you a ministry. Maybe it's, it's some type of career that, you, that you've been eyeing, and you're like, God, like, I really want to be this, but I don't want to do this right now. But we need to put work behind it, because I think a lot of times we, give, we, we present a dream to God, and because we're a Christian, we expect God to just drop it on us without doing anything. But what does the Bible say in James? It says, faith without works, is dead. So when we're in faith, when we're trusting and believing God for something in our lives, when we're trusting him, we need to step towards that thing when we're believing him for something. One of, um, a man of God in my life said something that really resonated with me one time, and I'm, I, I'm paraphrasing because I, did, you know, I didn't record him, but uh, it was something like this. The definition of potential is unused energy. I don't want to have any potential when I'm done this race. I don't want to get to heaven and see all that I could have done. I think it feels good when someone says, you have potential, and something inside you goes, ooh, I'm so, like, cool. Like, I've got something going on here. But what is potential? You could have it your whole life. You could have unused energy. You could have an unused calling your whole life. But if you're not walking in faith and working towards that, it could it, it could just be that it could just be potential. It could be you could be called your whole life and never step into it. You could be you could have that dream your whole life and never step into what God has called you to. All right, um, I need a couple as as uh, as moms would say. I need a couple of strong boys. Can I get a couple of strong boys? How about Keegan and Owen? Um, if you guys could bring up that table for me. Oh, you guys are great. Thank you, guys. Um, wow. Keegan, the chairs. Could you grab the chairs for me? Thank you. Owen, you're so strong. Thank you so much. Let me see if I can move this over to the side. Let's move it over to the side. I'm spilling water. It's not holy water. Don't worry. Um <laughs> All right, bring this in, thank you, thank you. I didn't plan this very well, it's okay guys, just bear with me. Move this over to the side. All right, Keegan, could you give me my backpack please? Thank you sir, can we give it up for Keegan and Owen? Zipper effect for sound effect here. All right. All right. So the next thing that we need to do in order to live within our means that is God has provided us is stewardship and management. Now, Pastor Ryan, what does that look like? Um To some people, it's a four-letter word, even though it's not four letters. (laughs) You need a budget. (laughs) Um, The Bible says that without vision, people perish. And I got to tell you, if you don't have uh, vision over your finances, so do your dollars. Um, So I just want to let you know that God will honor your diligence. In Luke 16.10, it says... If you are faithful in the little things, you'll be faithful with the large ones. But if you are dishonest with the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And really, I think a lot of us aren't honest with ourselves um, in, this to- in this topic of m- managing our money and honoring God with it. Um, what does it mean to be faithful with the little what does it mean that he can trust you with more if you're faithful with a little? Well, does anyone plan on buying their child or their teenager a new Corvette? Can we get a ra- show of hands? I mean, it seems reasonable, right? Why shouldn't we? I mean, I would have loved it, I guess. But <laughs> anyway, the would a teen be able to manage that power and capability? See, a lot of times I think with God, that's how we are. We're like, God, I'm ready for the six figures. God, I'm ready for the promotion. But how are we doing with managing the 35000 or the 45000 that God's given you? Can he trust you with more or would it wreck your life? I think sometimes, um, well, I know if I was 16 and, and I were given a Corvette, I might not be here Um, But I had loving parents, and we serve a loving father. He doesn't want to harm us. He's not a child abuser. He's not an enabler. He wants you to prosper. And so if you're diligent with managing what God has given you, he can trust you with more. And so that is why we budget. All right, so I'm going to take out some of these envelopes, and I'm going to budget with you guys. Is that okay? All right, so I have different categories here. Food, that's, that's necessary. Utilities, gas rent. Sorry, you guys didn't plan on doing a budget this morning. It's all right. All right, e-fund. Okay, they don't fit on this table, but it's all right. So, I just want to invite my lovely wife, Abigail, up front. She didn't know I was going to do this. Um if you could sit at the side of this really long table. Thank you. Can we give it up for Abigail? All right. Sorry for you guys that my back is toward you. Um, So, before... um, Jesus is calling somebody. Um, So, before Abigail and I ever do our budget, um, we pray over our money. And... um, I think um, in this area, it's just something we don't want to talk about with God. First of all, we don't want God in our money. And second of all, if we if we do, we're like, God, this is a mess, right? Right? Like, it's like, it's like God, this is a mess. Like, I don't even know. Um, and I just want to bring up a story really quickly. I'm going to make Abigail sit up here with me a little longer. It's okay. She's beautiful. I get to sit here, and, you know, kind of near her. So, um, so. How many remember the story of David um, when he went to the camp and back with his men and he found that their camp was torched and that they had lost everything? They lost their wives, they lost um, their children. Do you remember that story, the enemy? If you don't, um, th- that's what happened. They went out, they came, his, him and his soldiers, they came back to camp and the camp was gone. Their wife and their children were gone, all, th- all their possessions were gone. And he was in a desperate situation. Um, and the men of the camp, they were ready to stone him. Now, I've been in some bad situations before. I've been in some situations where, like, I didn't know. Like, I thought, it. like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know what to do anymore. But I've never had a big bunch of strong men holding rocks ready to drop me dead. Um, and I, and, and in, in the middle of the grief of not knowing if my wife and my children were alive. I just want you to imagine that because when... We see in this, in this moment what kind of man David was. He was a man that went to God for everything. And that's where God wants us to be. And, man, he gets, the I think, the most, one of the most awesome titles in the whole Bible, a man after God's own heart. Um, and so everything, any little thing, we should be bringing before the Lord. Um, so in the midst of this, David decides it's time to pray. So maybe your budget, maybe your money situation looking like a mess And you feel like, man, either this is too much for God or, like, I don't need God's hand in this. But I want to let you know, whatever the situation is, it's time to pray. Can we say that? It's time to pray. All right. And so, can you just picture the situation also? Picture a circle of guys holding rocks ready to kill you, and you're like, all right, guys, let's have a prayer meeting. I know you just lost everything, but let's pray. Like, so good. Um, So, anyway, David prays, and God tells him to pursue. He'll recover all right? Pursue the enemy. So when Abigail and I do the budget, first we pray. And I want to say something is that Abigail and I, we budget together. And so when we have these, and you'll see these envelopes, we put our money in, I should have brought some money out, but we, I'm old school and I put my dollars into envelopes and that's how I budget. There are ways to do that now. Yeah. If you want you want to hold up one. Yeah. And, um, and there are ways to do this now with apps. You can do it on every dollar app, or if you're really smart, you can do it on an Excel spreadsheet. Whoops, it's okay. Um, but I think also if you're married, the big thing here is that Abigail and I do this together. And so there's no question about, did you go out to Marshall's and, and max out the Marshall's card? There's no question about, like, you know, did you go to Target and buy such and such? Or did you go buy a new gun? Uh, there's no arguments like that because we know where all the money is. And we're not trying to hide things or sweep things under the rug because everything's out in the open and we're praying over all of it. Um, and so that's just a side note. But God wants to work with you and your money in that way. Um, You're a team, right? You became one. You're one. The Bible says you are one flesh. And so when you do things against the other person in your life, you're kind of like, it's like cutting off your own arm. Um, all right, back in. So, Abigail, I'll let, you, I'll let you go back. It's okay, you can go back down. Can we give it up for Abigail? All right, man, this thing is heavy, okay. All right, this is a weird setup, but guys, I didn't think it out, so it's okay. Um, All right, so when Abigail and I write the budget, the first thing that we do is tithe. Um, And here we go, we're talking about the tithe. Um, I think the biggest thing that the tithe says is, God, I trust you. I think that's the biggest thing that it says, because we can get into whether... um, there's debates on whether it belongs to the Lord or not, right? And what I do with my money is my thing. Listen, I follow I I follow God's word, and I believe and I trust Him, and I've seen Him work this principle in my, in my life over and over and over again. Um, so is He the provider or, or isn't He? The Bible says in Psalms one twenty seven, "Lest the Lord build the house, they labor in vain." And I think when we when we don't. We're saying, God, I've got this in the area of finances, like I don't want your involvement here. And that's I mean, do we, like we said earlier, do we want all of Jesus, or do we want just some of Him? Do we want him all involved in every room of the house, of our heart? because it says that we're a temple. It says that we're a temple for God to live. Do we want him involved in every area, or don't we? And so I've seen where that that's gotten me in my own life that I've got this, and I've got to tell you I want to build my house on the rock. I don't want to I don't want to wash away with wash away with the storm. Um, so the next thing that we do is we get into our groceries and bills. Now in the in the in the Dave Ramsey course, now I'm going to bring these envelopes over here for you guys. Um, they call it taking care of the four walls. So before we can take care of anything else, we need to make sure people are fed. We need to make sure the lights are on. We need to make sure that we can get to work. We have gas for the car. Um, and so, um, in, in Timothy, it says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives or members for his household, he's den- he has denied the faith. He's worse than an unbeliever. And I think the tendency here is to forego the tithe. But I, I want to tell you, I, I think it should be just the opposite. Like, Ryan, you don't understand. I can't tithe this week. There's no way I can tithe this week. I think... If you look in his word, you see God is looking all over the earth. He's looking all over for the earth for people that are seeking him. He's a rewarder of faith. Now I'm not preaching get rich quick. What I'm saying is that God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So if he can care for the birds and the lilies of the field, how much more can he care for you? There's so many times that when I was a kid, there was like all of a sudden people showed up and filled our fridge. There's so many times, even this year, with me, with Cora and her schooling, all of a sudden, there was provision for Cora to go to school. I think sometimes we really just, we hold back out of fear, but God has so much more for us. Um, the next thing, the next, everyone's favorite topic, saving, said no one ever. Um, <laughs> so except for you money nerds. I know some of you guys follow your 401k on the app and you're like, oh man, look at that thing bump. All right, or you're like, oh no. (laughs) But (laughs) look at that thing (laughs) plummet. But anyway, um, the average American household cannot cover a $400 emergency in cash. And I wanna, I don't have have a fancy iPhone, but how many of us have like $1,000 iPhones in this room? It just, it blows my mind away. A lot of times I think we're like, where are our priorities? How are we being stewards of his, of the money God's given us? Um, Proverbs 21, 20, precious treasures and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children. Now this, there's uh, in the, in the, I keep talking about the financial peace university and the baby steps. If you haven't, um, done it or you haven't looked at it before I definitely encourage you to look it up after you leave um, just because it really helps us but um, the first step in that process is saving a thousand dollars. Now what does saving a thousand dollars have to do with moving towards where God wants us to be? Well when you're trying to honor God in your finances all of a sudden you have a thousand dollars you don't touch all of a sudden that flat tire is in an emergency. All of a sudden you um, Car register, you know, some not car registration. Something happens, and it's not throwing your life out of control, and you're able to continue on. Um, later on, it it, uh, it it recommends that you save three to six months is, of expenses. Now, what doesn't qualify as emergency are is like Christmas or taxes or um, other things that should be thrown into your budget. Um, all right, the next thing that we need to do is we need to get out of debt. Um, This has been a long lesson for me, which I gracefully invited Abigail to partake in when she married me. Um, (laughs) Sorry, honey. Um, But as I said um, about living outside of our means, when she married me, I think I'd had six cars. Um, I was 21, so put that in perspective. I'd already had six cars, and I was in an Audi when she met me. Yeah, I was... (laughs) I was not all that bright about uh, about that, but anyway, um, that I learned so much about um, living within our means and how it allows us to bless others. And there's plenty of verses about debt, but I just want to talk about what God t- showed me because I've I found out in my own life that when I did this course, that what it exposed to me was that I was trying to replace the hole in my heart with things and not him. There was a place that only he is meant to fill that we often try to fill with things. And listen, if it's not money, it can be a relationship, it can be something else. But Jesus, we are meant to be perfectly content, I can't talk, in Jesus. And what does that mean? That I don't look to Abigail to fulfill to make me full, to make me content, to make me full of joy. I don't look to my car to make me full, to make me content, to make me full of joy. I'm already complete in Jesus. Amen? Amen? All right. Um, Now, the Bible has a lot of verses about being in debt. Um, None of them are really positive, except for that um, we should be slaves to righteousness, and because of our debts that were paid by Jesus, right? Um, But The Bible says, in regards to money, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Um, Now, as Christians, what did I say just earlier? We shouldn't be. We should just be slaves to righteousness. And so, when we when we live out of our means and our things own us, we're not able to walk freely in the things God has called us to. We're not able to walk in the miracles that He's called us to. And so. A lot of, And I know this is a tough word, um, but a lot, of, um, a lot of times I feel like he's called us to do something, but we're strapped down to our truck payment or our boat payment or something like that, and God has called us to live within our means. The Bible also says, Proverbs 22, 26 through 27, Be not one who gives pledges or puts up security for debts, if you have nothing with which to pay. Why should your bed t- be taken out from under you? And I just want to stop and say, being in debt is not a sin. It's an area where we can grow. Well, I'm in debt, so what do I do? Well, in prov- <laughs> this is probably what... Now in the Ramsey course they talk about snowballing debt and it means paying your smallest debt off first and then rolling the rolling your um, pay into rolling and paying off the next one. But the Bible says in Proverbs six one through five, my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have given pledge for a stranger, if you are snared in the words of your mouth or caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go and hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep, your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. So often, man, my mouth's too dry. Sorry, guys, I can't handle it. So often we give many years and we become slaves to things that we only found out about 24 hours ago. And like I said earlier, for me, it was an Audi. Um, um, God wants to do more, but I was giving my resources and efforts to things that I couldn't afford. And just like the rich young ruler, my possessions had owned me. Um, now, I'm not saying that God doesn't want us to have nice things. And like, and like we had said earlier, it's about the heart. The Bible says to seek him first and all things will be and all these things will be added unto you. And I can tell you so many desi- stories when I had a desire in my heart, but I didn't have the money in my pocket and God provided it. Um, for Abigail, it happens to be chairs multiple times, chairs. Um, there was two occasions where Abigail wanted a lawn chair or a bench, and all of a sudden one showed up for free and here's Ryan trying to shove it in the back of his trunk or someone drops it off to us. Um, another time for me was, um, it was a watch and I was I started getting into watches because like I said, like, like Bilbo, I, I'm into all like the, those knickknacks and things. And, and so my friend noticed and, he, and out of blue, he called me and he said, Ryan, I want to send you a watch. Um, God knows the desires in our hearts and he has good things for us. And I'm not saying to you today that you can't have things that are desires in your heart, I'm saying that there's a way to do it and that the things and the desires of your heart don't have you. And I think so often we have a desire or a thing in our heart that has us that God wants to deliver us from. He wants us to be free and he wants us to live fully for him. And those things later, they'll be added when we seek him first. And I think they'll be added in a way that don't bring chains into our life. Because so many times, like me right now, um, every, every, um, every other night I'm looking up tuner cars on a website, like, oh, if I could trade in my car for that. And, like, God has to remind me, no, 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 you don't want that. You want what I have for you because what I have for you is best. Um, So the last thing to do with our money and the, the thing that I've been wanting to talk about is um, giving and having fun because now we get to be in a little bit of a happier part of the message. Um, Luke six thirty-eight: give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In our life, this has been an opportunity for miracles. There's been so many times, and not to glorify ourselves, but where God has just put something or something on our heart to give, and we weren't doing it for any other reason, just to be obedient to God, and the blessings of God poured out in our lives. Um, Just recently, I was talking to someone in this church, and God had put it on our hearts to give someone some money, and um, we had no idea. Like, Abigail and I talked, and I'm like, God wants me to do this. And... And she's like, okay, if God said so, let's do it. And so we did, and I found out later that that person had given the same amount of money to a church when, they, when, when God had spoken, spoken to them to give that to them. And later on that next week, a check came in the mail to us for double that amount, uh, unbeknownst to us. That's just how our God works. He's so good. Um, and in everything... Um, Everything that he's done for us in that way, I feel like that's where he's called us to live. He wants us to be able to go do that thing that he's called us to and not be strapped down to our payments. He wants us to be able to bless that person and not have to worry. Um, And the last thing I want to go over is having fun with our money. Um, Proverbs 17, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up bones. Now, just because there's a budget doesn't mean there's no room for toys. It doesn't mean that there's no room for fun. I can tell you every one to two weeks, there is a $20 envelope with my name on it that says, Dad's Pizza, Um, and I know that it shows, (laughs) but um, listen, a a lot of this has been heavy, um, and it seems like a budget is is so hard, but in so many ways, it's freeing. can you imagine just being able to go out to the store and swipe your debit card and not wonder if you can or you should? Because that's the freedom that it brings. When you know and you're, and you're stewarding your money, as God has called you, and you know where your money is and you know what you're doing with it, you're not worried because you know exactly how much is there. And it's, that's the freedom of the budget. Um, and that's the freedom to have fun because Abigail and I can say, we really want to take the kids out to Conway on Saturday. And we know that there is $40 there that we can take the kids out to Conway on Saturday and not worry about it, right? That's what God wants in your lives. He wants you to be able to go and do those things, those desires of your heart, but do them in freedom. Um, God wants to have that kind of freedom in every area of your life. And so if we let him shine his light on on something and we can experience that freedom, we can experience it in every area. And that's what he wants for us. We don't have to be slaves to our debt. We don't have to be slaves to anything else in this world because we are the children of the king and he desires that we live in that identity. When we learn to rely on God and rather than create our own, own solutions to problems, we can watch him blow us away. We can see miracles happen in our lives. We can make way for the miraculous if we make him first.